Hello, everyone. I'm Adrienne Bloom, and I'd like to welcome you to another installment of H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech. So today we'll be looking at a regional report from our quarter one issue of H2 Tech, which was published in March. This regional report focuses on expanding low carbon hydrogen use in European industry. So before we get started with the podcast, I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe and share the H2 Tech Talk podcast for more expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to subscribe. Just search for H2 Tech Talk on iTunes or Blueberry and click the subscribe button. So now let's talk about expanding low carbon hydrogen use in European industry. As part of the EU's strategy for energy system integration under the European Green Deal, low carbon hydrogen is being promoted as a solution for those sectors where electrification is difficult. More specifically, the EU's hydrogen strategy, which was unveiled in July 2020, calls for large-scale deployment of clean hydrogen at a fast pace as a key part of the EU strategy to cost-effectively reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 50 to 55% by 2030. This will involve the installation of at least six gigawatts of renewable hydrogen electrolyzer capacity in the EU by 2024, and 40 gigawatts by 2030. To this end, the EU's hydrogen strategy estimates that that cumulative investments in European green hydrogen could amount to 180 to 470 billion euros by 2050, and to three to 18 billion euros for low carbon hydrogen and blue hydrogen. According to the EU report, Analysts estimate that, estimate that clean hydrogen could meet 24% of global energy demand by 2050, with annual sales as high as 630 billion euros. Notwithstanding these predictions, the use of hydrogen on a wide scale faces several hurdles, including a large-scale infrastructure build-out requiring a critical mass in investment and cooperation among corporate and country partners, the development of an enabling regulatory framework for hydrogen markets and source certification, technology breakthroughs to offer new solutions for producing, using, storing, and transporting green molecules, a significant scale-up in renewable power capacities, and necessary further reductions in hydrogen production costs. So in line with its net zero carbon goal, the EU plans to prioritize green hydrogen production, mainly from wind and solar energy. Over the short term and medium term, however, blue hydrogen will be needed to rapidly reduce emissions from existing gray hydrogen production and to support the parallel and future development of green hydrogen production. The success of blue hydrogen use will be largely dictated by prices for both carbon capture and natural gas. At present, the cost of producing blue hydrogen increases in parallel with increasing rates of carbon capture. However, as infrastructure expands and the cost of carbon capture equipment decreases, blue hydrogen production costs are anticipated to fall over the next decade. A transition from steam methane reforming to autothermal reforming, which combines process and combustion emissions, could push the cost of blue hydrogen production to about a dollar and 25 cents per kilogram or one euro and five cents per kilogram of hydrogen by 2030. 
At present, carbon capture and storage typically adds about $50 per ton or 42 euros per ton of carbon captured to the cost of producing blue hydrogen, or about 25 cents per kilogram, that's in US dollars, or 21 euro cents per kilogram of hydrogen to the cost of gray hydrogen. If less concentrated uh, carbon is captured from exhaust gases, this adds about 40 US cents per kilogram or 33 euro cents per kilogram of hydrogen to the cost of blue hydrogen with an emissions abatement cost of more than $100 per ton or 83 euros per ton of carbon. Additionally, natural gas prices are forecast to increase, which could drive up costs for blue hydrogen production by nearly 60% by 2040, according to Wood Mackenzie. Conversely, Wood Mackenzie predicts that green hydrogen production costs could fall as much could fall by as much as 64% by 2040, with greater utilization and reduced renewable power prices, at which time the cost of green hydrogen will equal the cost of fossil-based hydrogen. In some European countries with numerous green hydrogen projects, such as Germany, green hydrogen costs will be at or near parity with fossil hydrogen costs closer to 2030. Costs for electrolyzers for green hydrogen production are expected to decrease by around 50% between 2020 and 2030 with improved economies of scale, after already decreasing by 60% between 2010 and 2020. By 2050, electrolyzer costs may decline by as much as 90% from present day price levels. This anticipated cost decrease and manufacturing scale up will allow green hydrogen in areas where renewable power is inexpensive to compete with fossil-based hydrogen by the start of the next decade. It will also aid the EU's effort to install 40 gigawatts of electrolyzer capacity to produce up to 10 metric, million metric tons of renewable hydrogen in the EU by 2030. Between 2030 and 2050, Renewable hydrogen technologies should reach maturity and be deployed at large scale in the EU to reach all difficult to decarbonize sectors. In this period, renewable electricity production must be massively increased since nearly 25% of renewable electricity could be dedicated for renewable hydrogen production by 2050. Now, as, as hydrogen infrastructure and production expands, Hydrogen will find application in a number of new areas. It can be used to decarbonize steel making and mining operations, as well as for fuel and truck, rail, marine, and other transportation modes. Green hydrogen can be stored as backup power for renewables-based energy grids, provide, providing flexibility and reliability of supply. Furthermore, with some retooling of infrastructure, hydrogen can also be used in residential and commercial heating, which accounts for large amounts of carbon emissions in cold climates. A, a demonstration project in Fife, Scotland will heat 300 homes from late 2022 through March, 2027 with 100% green hydrogen from a purpose-built hydrogen system. Offshore wind energy will be used to power the electrolyzer to produce the hydrogen for the H100 Fife project. Other pilot projects are ongoing to analyze the potential to replace natural gas boilers with hydrogen boilers. The creation of new end-use markets is key to scaling up the production of hydrogen. 
A primary market is industrial applications. In industry, one of the most immediate applications for low carbon hydrogen is to reduce and replace the use of emissions intensive gray hydrogen in refineries. Although most project announcements within the last couple of years have focused on green H uh, hydrogen substitution, some blue hydrogen initiatives are seen in Europe. The EU's hydrogen strategy estimates that carbon prices would need to be about 55 euros per metric ton to 90 euros per metric ton of carbon to make blue hydrogen competitive with gray hydrogen today. However, the hydrogen strategy also notes that the further retrofitting of existing fossil-based hydrogen production with carbon capture should continue to reduce greenhouse gas and other air pollutant emissions in view of the increased 2030 climate ambition. So in light of this provision, some European countries have taken steps to incorporate fossil-based and blue hydrogen into their overall clean energy and hydrogen strategies. For example, Germany's national hydrogen strategy leaves room for fossil-based hydrogen with carbon capture as a bridge to longer-term use of green hydrogen, noting the federal government believes that both the global and European hydrogen market will emerge in the coming 10 years and that carbon-free, for example, blue or turquoise hydrogen will be traded on this market. Germany has committed 7 billion euros of funding to develop its early stage hydrogen industry. And although it no longer abides by EU policy, the UK government's climate change advisory body has expressed support for blue hydrogen as a means of quickly scaling up the hydrogen economy in tandem with green hydrogen projects. Studies suggest that hydrogen generated from renewable energy and natural gas could provide more than 45% of the UK's total energy demand by 2050 without the financial crush, crutch of direct sub subsidies, but with coordinated policy support across the hydrogen supply chain. A few blue hydrogen projects are already in progress in the UK. Equinor is leading a 600 megawatt autothermal reforming blue hydrogen project at the Saltend Chemicals Park in the Humber region called H2H Saltend, with a final investment decision expected in 2023. The project would reduce emissions from the site by nearly 900,000 metric tons per year of carbon. H2H Saltend will also form part of the Zero Carbon Humber project, a collaboration with the National Grid and Drax Power to export carbon neutral power and hydrogen to, to industrial centers in the east of England by 2040. Meanwhile, SR Oil UK is working with Progressive Energy Limited to install a blue hydrogen project at its 204,000 barrel per day Stanlow refinery in Northwest England. The initial phase will produce three terawatts per, per year of blue hydrogen through steam methane reforming technology by 2025, with a later expansion to nine terawatt hours per year. Progressive Energy has been working with several UK companies to switch industrial operations to low carbon hydrogen through existing gas networks. The SR oil project is part of that wider initiative called HiNet, which received over 7 million pounds in funding from the UK government in 2020. So looking at the industrial integration of green hydrogen projects, um, 
steam methane reforming produces approx approximately 10 metric tons of carbon for each metric ton of hydrogen produced. Half of those emissions are linked to fossil feedstock use. A medium-sized conversion refinery consumes around 50 kilotons per year of hydrogen, and the SMR process accounts for approximately 30% of the plant's hydrogen production. So worldwide, dedicated hydrogen production emits 830 million tons of carbon, which accounts for more than 2% of fossil carbon emissions at present. On-purpose hydrogen production accounts for about 15% of emissions associated with the European refining industry as of 2018, including carbon coming from SMR and fuel use. To completely, to completely replace the 50 kilotons per year of hydrogen used in these refining processes would require an installed electrolyzer capacity of around 340 me uh, megawatts with an average energy consumption of 2.5 terawatt hours per year to 2.75 to, to terawatt hours per year. Electrolyzer utilization of just 40 to 45% can achieve a significant reduction in refinery hydrogen production cost. Several collaborative decarbonization projects are taking place between energy majors and power producers to integrate green hydrogen production into fuel production by partially replacing gray hydrogen use, thereby offsetting carbon emissions. A review of these projects and their significance for the development of Europe's hydrogen sector is detailed as following. So the 16 million euro refine project at Shell's 160,000 barrel per day Rhineland oil refinery in Wesseling, Germany is led by a consortium of Shell, ITM Power, Sintef, ThinkStep AG and Element Energy and is funded by the fuel cells and hydrogen joint undertaking. The project is building a large proton exchange membrane or PEM electrolyzer a 10 megawatt plant from ITM Power to produce 1300 metric tons per year of hydrogen for use at the refinery. The project will run for five years through December, 2022. Meanwhile, the Multiply project at Nestle's 800,000 metric ton per year biodiesel refinery in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, is the world's first multi-megawatt scale high temperature solid oxide electrolyzer project for efficient hydrogen production in an industrial biofuel refining process. The project, which is led by a consortium that includes project engineer and stakeholder Engie, aims to produce 900, 960 tons of green hydrogen by the end of 2024, thereby avoiding the emission of around 8,000 tons of greenhouse gases. The 2.4 megawatt electrolyzer provided by Sunfire will have a nominal power input of 2.6 megawatts and a hydrogen production capacity of 60 kilograms per hour, making it at least 20% more efficient than a conventional low temperature electrolyzer. And in another project, the Lincoln Green Hydrogen Project at BP's 100,000 barrel per day oil refinery in Lingen, Germany, is a collaboration with wind power developer Orsted, slated for startup in 2024. Wind power from Orsted's North Sea Wind Farm is planned to generate the power for 9,000 tons per year of hydrogen production from a 50 megawatt electrolyzer, which would replace 20% of the natural gas-based hydrogen used at the refinery 
and avoid 80,000 metric tons per year of carbon equivalent emissions. The plan project is a step toward BP's promise to reduce its fossil fuel production by 40% through 2030 and increase its investment in sustainable energy solutions. BP will take a final investment decision on the project in 2022, depending on EU funding. The project is also intended to support a longer-term ambition to build more than 500 megawatts of renewable-powered electrolyzer capacity at Lingen. And also, the Masila project that totals 500,000 metric ton per year, Lamed Biorefinery in France, is a JV between Total and Energy and NG to design, develop, build, and operate a hydrogen production site powered by solar farms with a total capacity of more than 100 megawatts. The 40 megawatt electrolyzer will produce approximately 1,825 metric tons per year of green hydrogen to meet the needs of the plant's biofuel production process and simultaneously avoid 15,000 metric tons per year of carbon emissions. A large-scale solution for hydrogen storage will be implemented to manage the intermittent production of solar electricity and the biorefinery's need for continuous hydrogen supply. Construction is slated to start in 2022 with operation targeted for 2024. Beyond this first phase, new renewable farms may be developed by the partners for the electrolyzer, which will have the capacity to produce up to 5,500 metric tons per year of green hydrogen. And um, the West Coast 100 project in Germany will have a 30 megawatt pilot phase um, for the planned 700 megawatt green hydrogen project that's at the Heidi refinery in the Schleswig-Holstein, Germany area. That is under construction by the Hydrogen West Coast JV comprising EDF Deutschland, uh, wind power developer Orsted and independent refinery, refiner Refinery Heidi. If the 89 million euro five-year pilot phase is successful, then the JV will move forward with its 700 megawatt electrolyzer project to produce hydrogen for nearby cement manufacturing and local residential heating. A large percentage of the green hydrogen would be combined with carbon captured from the cement plant to produce synthetic methanol which would then be refined into synthetic jet fuel for use at the Hamburg airport. Some of the green hydrogen would also be used as fuel for local transportation. And additionally, up to 10 metric, million metric tons of hydrogen could be stored inside salt caverns on the Heidi refinery's land and, transpo and transported on an existing bi-directional hydrogen pipeline to a nearby Linde facility for distribution. So although these green hydrogen industrial projects are at limited scale and will not produce enough hydrogen to meet the refinery's total hydrogen requirements, they are important demonstration projects to show what is possible for the future of hydrogen in European industry. Funding is a necessity for such projects as nearly all of the ventures detailed here have incorporated EU funding into their feasibility studies. These projects are critical for moving green hydrogen to an industrial level, but at the moment they need support, commented Joris Mertens, principal, principal consultant at KBC, a Yokogawa company, on an H2 talk, Tech Talk podcast in early February. He said, but one of the ways to reduce the cost of green hydrogen is scaling up to reduce the investment cost. 
One main cost factor is the cost of power, and the other is electrolyzers, which will be getting cheaper with novel technology and lar larger scale. And similarly, a 2018 technical report from the European Commission's Science and Research, the Science and Knowledge Service, the Joint Research Center, JRC, stated that following expected general techno-economic developments with more and more renewable energy introduced and distributed by a larger, more efficient grid, the fraction of green hydrogen used in fuel refining will have the opportunity to grow and depending on the scenario considered, potentially reach a steady maximum around 2050. However, the JRC report also noted, the recognition of the role green hydrogen can play and legislation introducing a clear methodology such as mass balancing to account for its use in refining processes is needed to support its introduction. It is anticipated that regulations other than the EU European trading scheme, RED2 for example, will offer higher incentives and therefore will be more relevant for the industry than those associated with the European emissions trading scheme. So as regulatory and market frameworks are further developed and refined for hydrogen, such as the FCHJU's Certify Guarantee of Origin EUI program for green hydrogen, demand for low carbon and zero carbon hydrogen will continue to grow. European industry's commitment to becoming a net zero emitter, emitter of carbon by 2050 in line with EU climate goals will result in a marked increase in European production of clean and renewable energies and energy carriers, including hydrogen. In line with this increase, greater substitution will be seen of green hydrogen for gray hydrogen in industrial processes, as well as increased utilization of carbon capture and methane reforming to produce blue hydrogen for industrial use. So uh, we wanna thank you for listening to another installment of h 2 Tech's podcast series, H2 Tech Talk, and we'll see you again next week.